Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian Geek worldview. And today on the show, we're once again back in the best of the decades list, this time looking at 2014. So we've gone from 2019 all the way to 2015 here, and now for 2014, I'm going to count down my favorite movies and my favorite video games that came out in this year. And then by the time I get to 2010, I'm going to count down my favorite movies from the last decade, all in one big list. So, Let's just, without any further ado, jump right into this list. Starting us off here with my favorite movies of 2014. And this is a solid list of movies, I think. Uh, it's not the best year, I would say, because some of these extras aren't to to the level of some of the extras on on a couple of the other years I think that we've done but the the top 10 list itself here is extremely solid I think so some of the runner ups here. I mean, we got the, the RoboCop remake came out this year, which I know a lot of people didn't like, but I, I did enjoy that movie. Predestination, a very weird, interesting time travel movie. Uh, Godzilla, Edge of Tomorrow, which thinking about that one, man, maybe that should have made my list because Edge of Tomorrow is a great movie. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Snowpiercer, The Purge, Anarchy, The Maze Runner, the first one, which I actually think is surprisingly solid movie. The Equalized uh, Dracula Untold, which I'd, I think would have been a fun Dracula series had they continued it, uh, and Big Hero 6, all of which, you know, are good movies. I, I enjoyed all of those movies, but moving right into the list here, with number 10, It Follows. Such a unique, interesting, and, and intense, creepy horror movie with it follows the 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 villain monster kind of thing that you never actually see any actual like monster because it just basically kind of possesses the last person in this line and then you have to pass the the possession the, the its pursuit of you to the next person and then when it, if it kills that person it's going to pursue you again such a, a great creepy concept done extremely well it follows really good number 9 john wick the the start of the 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 reconnaissance of uh keanu reeves i mean keanu reeves is back in a big way right now and i think john wick is kind of the series that really kind of paved that way this first movie just an absolutely fantastic fun action movie with some absolutely stellar action sequences number eight guardians of the galaxy very fun uh honestly one of my lesser movies of the mcu as a whole but very fun very entertaining very funny and and a great group of characters here uh number seven Nightcrawler. This is a dark, moody uh, drama with 
Jake Gyllenhaal in the lead role, giving the performance of a lifetime. I, I think this is probably still his greatest performance. Just absolutely fantastic, like creepy and kind of unnerving the whole time, but so well done. Uh, number six, X-Men Days of Future Past. Another time travel one. Man, a lot of time travel movies this year. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past the probably the sequel to my favorite x-men movie x-men first class uh this one really good really fun again not not quite as good as that first one i would say it, it misses kind of the the touch of matthew vaughn in that director's seat you know that that made x-men first class so good that said the time travel story is very cool and, and time twisty and interesting the further development of these characters is well done i really liked x-men days of future past number five the amazing spider-man 2 now again this is uh, much like the Spider-Man 3, this is kind of the one that killed that version of Spider-Man, you know, as far as having its sequels and stuff, and that was the one that was really kind of trying to, to blow it up into its own cinematic universe, which now they're kind of doing anyway, uh, with him being in the MCU, but maybe coming out of the MCU at some point, maybe we'll see how all that turns out when it turns out, but I still really liked The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Electro in this, I think, is very fun, uh, despite the fact that he is super over the top. I really liked uh, Jamie Foxx, and, and his performance in here is, again, it's super over the top, but it's very entertaining. I think it's very interesting that they're bringing Jamie Foxx back as Electro in the next Spider-Man movie, which is, is bizarre. We'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm hoping what they're doing is like a Spider-Verse situation where they'll bring back Andrew Garfield, they'll bring back Tobey Maguire, and, and you know, have some of these different uh, villains and stuff pop up here and there. But, you know, maybe just the, the focus of the movie is the Spider-Verse thing and, and bringing these three Spider-Men together, potentially, or, or something like that. I don't know. I'm... I... I'm looking forward to whatever that next Spider-Man movie is going to be because it's they're cooking up something interesting to say the least. I really enjoy Spider, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man too. I'm mostly talking about other Spider-Man movies, but I did really enjoy the Amazing Spider-Man too, despite uh, despite its having its issues. You know, uh, number four, I have Fury. One of the great things I think about Fury is the that that is a tank war movie and in a lot of war movies you all have tanks you'll have sequences with tanks or in tanks and stuff like that but this is a war movie where it's all about the people that were in the tanks driving the tanks shooting out of the tanks this was the uh, a tank war movie and it it really kind of shows you what's going on in the tank and how it works and all those kind of things. It builds up all these characters that you like and that you care about throughout the movie. And then uh, it actually packs in like a good, powerful Christian message kind of there at the end, which is uh, kind of surprising. But then David Ayer directed it, who is a Christian. And so, you know, he he does, you know, he sneaks some of those messages into his uh, very... Uh, blockbuster kind of Hollywood movies. He'll sneak in some good Christian messages, so it's cool to see that here. Fury is just a fantastic war movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Great tank war movie. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Number three, Interstellar. Christopher Nolan bringing the <laughs> something 
crazy uh, meets something very grounded, meets something very emotionally grounded because man you get invested in these characters you love these characters but then they go off into space and there's all this kind of weird stuff and it it goes to a point that's a little bit more bizarre than i think the movie should have gone to personally but overall i loved interstellar man such a fantastic movie and just another great movie in christopher nolan's uh group of, of movies that he's made number two Kingsman The Secret Service. Man, this movie is so much fun. Matthew Vaughn did not direct X-Men Days of Future Past. Instead, he directed Kingsman The Secret Service, and this movie is just an absolute blast. Bombastic, crazy action, a fast, frenetic pace that, that Matthew Vaughn always brings, but also characters that you like and are, that are entertaining and just some, some really crazy insane action the action is over the top and ridiculous but in such a, a really really fun way i'm a number one my favorite movie of 2014 should i should i run them all down number 10 it follows number nine john wick number eight guardians of the galaxy number seven nightcrawler number six X-Men, Days of Future Past, and number five, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, number four, Fury, number three, Interstellar, number two, Kingsman, The Secret Service, and number one, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. The point when the Russo brothers actually came into the MCU and then went on to bigger and bigger things as they went along with Captain America Civil War and then Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War. So, man, these guys had a fantastic start here and then continued and, and just made some of the best movies in the MCU. Captain America, The Winter Soldier, uh, taken... The elements of the first movie that worked really well, you know, taking Chris Evans as Captain America and just bringing that to modern day because that was his first uh, solo movie in modern day. And then, you know, giving him S.H.I.E.L.D., giving him something to kind of go against and something that he, giving him a conflict, you know, in, in the first movie, he didn't have a huge conflict of of character of where he's going wait okay what where is the line what when am i doing the right thing here am i doing the wrong thing here he didn't have that line as much in the the first movie whereas they really gave him kind of that kind of story arc that still very much fit captain america he's still not he's not like the gray kind of character that that some of these other you know avengers are where, where they're in a little bit more in a gray kind of area where whether they're do what they're doing is is right or wrong sometimes captain america is still that that you know good virtuous positive character but brought to modern day brought to you know some of the complexities of of shield shield trying to protect people but doing it by breaking their freedoms and all this kind of stuff uh very much like the government today by the way in case you're uh, wondering anyway uh great commentary on on uh modern day government and, and all that kind of stuff by the way just absolutely fantastic a, a great kind of political thriller fit within the mcu and just again just fantastic the introduction of falcon just great i love this movie and back in 2014 uh i didn't have a top 10 list because i wasn't doing top 10 lists at this point but 
I did have my favorite movie of the year, and it was also Captain America Winter Soldier. So that movie is still holds up in my mind as the best movie of 2014. But contrary to popular opinion, my opinion isn't the only opinion that needs to be opinionated around here, so apparently. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm going to take a look back here at the Oscars from 2014 and, and what they said was the best picture and some of the other categories that I found interesting. So looking at the best picture here for 2014, the nominees, we got American Sniper, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Games, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. And the winner was Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, but we'll just call it Birdman. Uh, of those, I've seen Birdman, I've seen American Sniper, and I have seen Selma. And I mean, of those three, I probably liked American Sniper the best, but yeah, I mean, Selma was a good movie. Birdman, I don't know, I wasn't crazy about Birdman personally. I see uh, elements of the movie that are really well made, and you know, the cinematography is one of those movies where it's all shot to look like it's all in one take, um, and, and fantastic performances. You know, there, there's definitely... Uh, quality to that movie, but I, I just wasn't a huge fan of it personally. Uh, you know, of these of these movies, I would have probably went for American Sniper, uh, but Birdman, okay, okay. Feast won the best animated short film, which is a, a Pixar short film about a dog that eats a bunch of food. Uh, very fun little short film. If you haven't seen that one, that one, check it out. It's, I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. It's it's very fun. If you got kids, they love it because it's a dog eating food. I mean, well, what can go wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, best score, best original score, Hans Zimmer was nominated for his score to Interstellar, which was fantastic. And I, I love Hans Zimmer. I'm a, I'm a Hans Zimmer fan, so, you know, that... That would probably be my choice. But, you know, he lost to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, Alexandre Desplat won, whom I've never seen the Grand Budapest Hotel, so I, I don't know. Maybe it probably deserved to win or something. But Interstellar, fantastic. Best makeup and hairstyling, the Grand Budapest Hotel won that. But Guardians of the Galaxy was nominated, which is pretty cool and makes sense considering... Uh, all the, the makeup and prosthetics and all the kind of stuff that was on people in that movie. So pretty cool there. Uh, best visual effects, always kind of an interesting category full of, uh, you know, movies that are more of the big blockbustery kind of movies that you don't always see in the some of the bigger Oscar categories, a lot of them. Uh, Interstellar won that, which, which makes sense from fantastic visuals there. Uh, but then you got Captain America Winter Soldier, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which... I'm almost surprised that didn't win, considering all the, the mocap stuff that went into that with Andy Serkis acting like Caesar and all all that. So, that's kind of interesting. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men Days of Future Past also on that list of uh, best visual effects there. Best original song, Everything is Awesome from the Lego movie, uh, was nominated for that. It lost to Glory from Selma, and I've seen Selma. But Everything is Awesome is the one that sticks with me. I remember that. I don't remember Glory and Selma. Maybe if I heard it, I would remember it or something. But Everything is Awesome was like a cultural phenomena for a while. So it's like, how did that one not win? 
probably because Glory was better or something. But how did that one not win the best original song? Because, dude, do you remember that? In 2014, the Lego movie's coming out, and everybody in the world is singing everything is awesome. It's crazy, crazy. Uh, <laughs> oh, Unbroken got nominated for Best Sound Editing and also Best Sound uh, mixing and also best cinematography, which is interesting because that's a a Christian movie. Actually, it's a it's a Christian movie about a guy in a like he's in a plane and he's in a plane crash and then he gets uh like taken captive by the Germans. So he's in like a concentration camp and stuff. Um, pretty good movie, decent movie. I I honestly I wasn't blown away by it, but I I did think that was a pretty good movie. And uh, I, I just thought it was interesting to see it getting some uh, Oscar recognition here for a Christian movie. Uh, pretty unusual, I would say. Then again, I think it was directed by Angelina Jolie, uh, who is kind of in the Oscar realm and all that kind of stuff. So uh, maybe that was kind of the connection there. I'm always looking for the politics in the Oscars because it's... Uh, it's very much there in the Oscars, you know what I mean? Uh, Nightcrawler was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Uh, but, I mean, ultimately, Nightcrawler... I'm kind of surprised. Nightcrawler should have been in the Best Picture category, man. Nightcrawler was such a fantastic movie. At, at the very least, man, no, like, Best Actor nomination for Jake Gyllenhaal for Nightcrawler. I mean, seriously, given absolutely phenomenal performance. Like, like he should have been nominated for that, in my opinion. But who knows? Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but obviously not, because he didn't. But his performance in Nightcrawler, just absolutely phenomenal. So that's about it for the Oscars look here at 2014. Overall, a good year in movies. Uh, there's, there's a lot of movies in here that I really, really liked. There's not like a tons of extra movies that are like, oh man, all these other movies that I really like too. Like there was a, a couple years, I don't remember which year it was, but there was a year where I was like, man, look at all these excess movies too that I really liked. Uh, there's some other movies that I liked, but man, this top 10 list I think is super solid. And the Oscars, well, I mean, they, they can't get everything right every year, right? Or any year, possibly. Anyway, uh... <laughs> All right, the Helix Reviews podcast, by the way, is a proud member of the Christian Geek Central Network, a hub of all kinds of cool Christian geeky stuff from around the web, all funneled to ChristianGeekCentral.com. Check it out. Now, we're going to be talking about the video games of 2014, what games came out in 2014 that I liked. So, just starting off with some of the, the runner-ups here, uh, we got... The Evil Within, the first one. If it was the second one, it would absolutely make my list because I love the second one. The first one, from what I've played of it, uh, decent, but I, I don't know. I, it's kind of one of those things that's like, I should go back and try that one again. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes. So this is the uh, prequel to Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, which is like the full game. This is like one mission or something. I played through this. It was pretty fun, but I wasn't blown away by it necessarily. Uh, Sunset Overdrive is fun. Tales from the Borderlands, from what I played of it, is fun. And Call of Duty Advanced Warfare is uh, one of the lesser of the Call of Duty games. It's a Call of Duty game, which means it, they're pretty much always fun, but it is one of the lesser of the Call of Duty games, in my opinion. So, right into the list now here. Number 10, I got Murdered Soul Suspect. This is a game that I'm not going to claim 
is a great game. I'm not going to claim this is an amazing game that you should go check this game out immediately. But Murdered Soul Suspect is an interesting game that I enjoyed, though it had a, a lot of problems. It was... Uh, Really, it felt like it needed more development to make the gameplay more interesting and to maybe make uh, some of the way they uh, integrate the story into the gameplay and stuff, I think, could have been more interesting. But it's about a detective that dies and then you play as his ghost as he is trying to solve his own murder. And that right there is like, oh, I love that idea, man. That is such a, a fun, cool idea for a murder mystery type game and murder soul suspect doesn't uh completely live up to the potential but i i liked what they did there for the most part even though it was it could have been better ultimately uh number nine trials fusion uh just another trials game and it's fun man i like the trials games you you drive around you flip your motorcycle around you land you drive it's fun. What can I say? The, those games, plus the multiplayer. I love the multiplayer in those because then, you know, me and my brother can play together and we're both trying to flip and make it down this track and all this kind of stuff. Very fun. Uh, number eight, Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris. So this is a Tomb Raider game that's not a Tomb Raider game. It's uh, Laura Croft, who is the, the, you know, the lead character of Tomb Raider, going on a top-down adventure, like, dungeon-crawly type game adventure with, uh, some other dude, and you go around, you kill a bunch of monsters in dungeons, you go solve some puzzles and all that kind of stuff, uh, co-op game, very fun, and again, I played this with my brother, very fun, I, I really enjoyed this game, uh, there's another one, Temple of Osiris, and, uh, well, there's another one of these also that is also very fun, uh, number seven, we got Alien Isolation. This game is really interesting. This is, you, you got, <laughs> you got the Xenomorph, that's the alien. It's, it's based on the whole Alien franchise and the Alien IP. So you got the Xenomorph in a spaceship and you have to, you know, you get from point A to point B, which is basically the, the whole game. You have to get from one point to another point, and this alien is tracking you down. And then you got, you know, you got the androids, uh, you got some other things that, that pop up here and there, but the, the main focus of this game is the xenomorph trying to track you down, and it has, like, especially at the time, extremely intelligent AI, which is AI that I think have pro probably has gone on to become better as time goes on, but very detailed, intelligent AI that is seeking you out in the environment, and it's it's intense, it's edge of your seat, but it's it's very fun. The I, I wish they would have. I think they could have tightened things up if they wanted to make the story a little more interesting and engaging, but ultimately, uh, for the most part, that that really wasn't what it was about for me in the end. It was about the, the alien and escaping the alien and getting around him and all this kind of stuff. You got the face huggers and you got trying to get off the ship and all, and all this typical kind of alien stuff in a video game done well. Good stuff. Uh, number six, I got Infamous First Light. Now this is the uh, DLC, but it's a standalone DLC, so it's like you can buy it without ever buying the game. So it's essentially its own little separate kind of game where you play as one of the side characters from Infamous Second Son. 
very fun, very entertaining, not as good as Infamous Second Son, but new superpowers going around the city. You have like neon powers, which if what do you, what is neon powers? Well, you shoot out neon and you glide around on neon and everything you do is neon. So it's neon powers, I guess. Uh, but, but very fun, cool, interesting little side story here and some cool, like super powered, uh, action and stuff as well. The infamous games, man. I love the infamous games. I, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima, I haven't played that yet. But and I want to, but uh, you know, even though I'm excited for that, I, I kind of wish they would go back to doing the infamous games because man, those games they're they're right up my alley, even more than Ghost of Tsushima, which again I'm I'm very excited about. Number five, I got The Walking Dead season two. So this is when you you take over playing for Clementine. So now Clementine is the lead character and you're playing as Clementine in her own new story. Very good, very engaging, very fun. Telltale Games always knows how to tell a, a great story in a game and I I really enjoy this. It's not as good as the first season. Man, that that first season of The Walking Dead is just absolutely phenomenal. This one, of course, it doesn't live up to that, but it's it's probably the second best season of the the entire uh, Telltale game series. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. I really enjoyed The Walking Dead Season 2. Uh, number four, Infamous Second Son. So here's the the main game from Infamous. By the way, you'll notice there's some uh, standalone DLC on this list, mainly because I, I'm going to say this year wasn't uh, overflowing in games that I really liked, even though some of these top games I really, really like. Like Infamous Second Son. Absolutely fantastic. The uh, weakest, I would say, of the mainline Infamous games, I like Infamous 1 and 2 better than Second Son, but I like the variety of superpowers you get in here. I like the, the story they told in here, and so... I'd, I would love to see them continue this story, or I would love to see them continue Cole McGrath's story, or if we could bring them together and have one story with all of them together or something, that would also be extremely cool. Really fun game, really fun superpowers, and just it, infamous. Man, I love the infamous games, and I wish they would make more. Uh, number three... I got Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea. This is the, the DLC to Bioshock Infinite. I love the Bioshock games, and this DLC, it, what it does is it kind of ties together Bioshock Infinite and Bioshock 1, which, you know, they, they were already somewhat tied together in the game. You know, there's always the girl, there's always a lighthouse, there's always a blah, 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 blah. You know, if you've played the game, there's... They already kind of tied it together somewhat. This one basically directly ties together Bioshock Infinite and Bioshock 1, which is just awesome. I love Bioshock 1, one of my favorite games of all time. Bioshock Infinite is one of my favorite games of all time. I, I love those games, and this basically tying those together in a very bizarre way that, that Bioshock does, and it's extremely fun, extremely cool. I love the Bioshock games. So fantastic. Uh, number two, Wolfenstein The New Order. This is, honestly, this is like one of the best first-person shooters of this generation. Actually, did this come out on PlayStation 3? I think this might have actually come out on PlayStation 3. Anyway, this is like 
This is one of the best first-person shooters of a long time, in my opinion. Among my favorite of just straight-up first-person action kind of shooters. Uh, just BJ Blazkowicz going around, shooting a bunch of Nazis. There's crazy Nazi experiments. They have gigantic mech suits for some reason. Alternate history, war, Nazi Germany taken over. Just ridiculous, over-the-top, but then somehow also kind of pulling off some of these kind of sweet story moments in there as well, which I didn't see coming, but actually worked shockingly well for the story that they were telling this over-the-top ridiculous kind of story that they were telling. Uh, Wolfenstein The New Order, so much fun. Such fantastic gameplay and a surprisingly decent story there as well. Really, really good. Number one, we got The Wolf Among Us Season 1. Man, another Telltale game series here. Just absolutely fantastic, man. The Wolf Among Us, it's a uh, mystery series where you have Bigby Wolf, which is, you know, the wolf that blows over the pig's houses in the fairy tale. Uh, this is based on the Fable comics, by the way. And he has to solve the mystery of the murder of... Was it Snow White that died? It was it was somebody else that you would uh, recognize from a fairy tale that died. He has to solve the mystery, and you, you know, you go as him and, and try to figure all this out. Absolutely fantastic. Such an engaging character such an engaging story and man that ending i'm like dude i need to see what happens next and then everything was canceled telltale games was shut down then it was bought out and then now it's being revived and now there is going to be a wolf among us season two i I don't know if that might mean it's not going to be that good that might i I don't know i don't know what that's going to mean for the future of this series but even just this first one as its own story interactive story it's just absolutely fantastic and engaging, and I absolutely loved it. So running through the top 10 list here, we got Murdered Soul Suspect at number 10. Number 9, Trials Fusion. Number 8, Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris. Number 7, Alien Isolation. Number 6, Infamous First Light. Number 5, The Walking Dead Season 2. Number 4, Infamous Second Son. Number 3, Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea. Number 2, Wolfenstein, The New Order, and number one, The Wolf Among Us, Season 1. So that is my top 10 favorite games of 2014, but popular to contrary opinions of opinionated opinion. Anyway, enough of this. Uh, we're going to look at the Game of Year, the Game Awards Best Games of the Year and some of their other categories here. So Game of the Year, they had nominated nominations for Bayonetta 2, Dark Souls 2, Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft, uh, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, and the winner being Dragon Age Inquisition. Now of these, I have played none of them. I have not played any of these games. I've played Middle Earth Shadow of War, which is the sequel to Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. I enjoyed that mostly. Uh, so I don't know of these, which one should win? I don't know. Dragon Age, I guess. Uh, best narrative, I think, is always an interesting category in the uh, the game awards here. Uh, so nominations, we got South Park: The Stick of Truth, 
The Walking Dead Season 2, The Wolf Among Us, Wolfenstein The New Order coming in there is kind of cool, and the winner being Valiant Hearts The Great War. Now, I've played uh, Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, and Wolfenstein here. Uh, haven't played South Park The Stick of Truth, but I did watch uh, a lot of people kind of play through a lot of that one, so I, I have a good idea of kind of what the broad story of that one is. It's, it's South Park ridiculousness. Haven't played Valiant Hearts, so does it deserve to win? I don't know. Of these, I mean, I would probably choose The Wolf Among Us for best story here because I, I really was, like, blown away by how much I, I loved that story, The Wolf Among Us. So fantastic. So interesting and weird and engaging. I, I really liked that one. Alien Isolation also got nominated for the best score slash soundtrack, but lost to Destiny, which I actually think Alien Isolation, I, I've played it fairly recently, and I agree that like that score is just fantastic, man. It's, it's a really, really good solid score. So it's cool to see that nominated in there. Uh, best performance here. Okay, we got... Uh, Adam Harrington as Bigby Wolf in the, the Wolf Among Us. We got Kevin Spacey as Jonathan Irons in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Uh, Melissa Hutchington as Clementine in The Walking Dead. Troy Baker as Talion in Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Of course he was Talion. He's everybody. Uh, Trey Parker wins this as various voices in South Park, The Stick of Truth. Trey Parker plays, like, most of the characters in the South Park, doesn't he? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, just some interesting stuff here, just considering, uh, you know, like, I've played most all of these games, uh, you know, and Bigsby Wolf, definitely, you know, fantastic performance there. Uh, Clementine, always great there. And Troy Baker, I mean, Troy Baker's pretty much always great in whatever he's in, you know? Uh Kevin Spacey's just kind of interesting considering where he's at now. Like, I remember when Kevin Spacey showed up in Advanced Warfare, it was like, oh, hey, it's him. Oh, cool. You know, kind of thing. Whereas now it's like he's been, like, shunned by Hollywood and everything. So it's like he can no longer appear in things like that because of the whole Me Too movement and him potentially doing some, you know, really creepy stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know if any of that was confirmed actually or not, but, uh, you know, because of all that now, he, he is no longer able to, to be, like, the big, the big character to show up in, like, a video game like this or something, which is just, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting. Games for change is a, a kind of a just a weird category because what exactly does it mean? I don't know. Uh, the Last of Us Left Behind, though, was nominated, which I guess makes sense because that's like the revelation that, hey, Ellie's gay. So it's like, oh, okay, so Games for Change, this is one that's like, oh, hey, you know, homosexual change and all, all that kind of stuff, the the promoting of those kind of ideals. Ultimately, it lost to Valiant Hearts, which I've never played, I don't know, so, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting. Uh, best shooter, interesting category this year. Nominations: We got Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare, not winning it, which is interesting. <laughs> Destiny, Titanfall, also not winning it, which is interesting. I guess Titanfall Two is the more critically acclaimed of the the two Titanfall games. Uh, but Titanfall, very fun stuff. Uh, Wolfenstein: The New Order. Uh, which I think should have taken it, but it lost to Far Cry 4. I've played some of Far Cry 4. Fun, but 
Dude, Wolfenstein The New Order is way better than Far Cry 4. Way better than Far Cry 4, in my opinion. Wolfenstein The New Order is fantastic. Far Cry 4 is just, it's fun, you know? So it's like, yeah, <laughs> dude, that should not have been the winner. Come on, but okay, it is what it is. Uh, best Sports Slash Racing Games, Trials Fusion was nominated, which is kind of cool because I really do enjoy that game. Lost to Mario Kart 8, which makes sense. That game is huge and uh, also very fun. I have play, actually played that a little bit, uh, but never more than like what I, I've played like in a store or something when it's on the TV, you know. Best Remaster, I think, is a really interesting category because this is a category that... I don't know, it was only here like one or two years, but then it was gone, and it's like, this is a category that, that should have stuck around, in my opinion. This makes sense as a category, because you got like Halo, the Master Chief Collection, Pokemon, Omega, Ruby, and Alpha, Sapphire. Why is there so many names in this Pokemon? Uh, the Last of Us Remastered, Tomb Raider, Definitive Edition, and then the, the best remaster was Grand Theft Auto V, I guess going to the PlayStation 4 and uh, Xbox Series, no, the Xbox One. I mean, obviously, of those, I would have picked The Last of Us Remastered because The Last of Us is my favorite game of all time. But, you know, I think having a, a category for the best remasters is a, a good idea. Grand Theft Auto V, not really a big surprise for that taking it there. This the It's one of the biggest games of all time, just straight up. And that's all my thoughts about the, the Game Awards for this year. 2014 in media. Movies, pretty good. There's a lot of really good movies that made the top 10, though not, I would say not an overabundance of great movies. And pretty much the same thing with video games. I think the, the top list of those games, there's some really good games in there, but it's definitely not an overabundance of really great games in there as well. So overall... A decent enough year in media, I suppose. What's your thoughts on 2014? Shoot me an email, helixreviewspodcast at gmail.com. Did I miss something? Should I have played uh, Dragon Age Inquisition or something? Shoot me an email, let me know, helixreviewspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you tell me your thoughts or your favorite movie or something of 2013, you can be in the next episode of this and I can uh, read your pick for what was your favorite movie or video game of 2013. Uh, again, shoot me an email. Love to hear from you guys about that. That's all for this time. This is David Arrington of the Helix Reviews Podcast signing off. Bye-bye, guys.